0: This is the Coronavirus Update Podcast, and we have a special report as we bring you now the portions of a speech today given by Governor Cuomo of New York. He is in New York I'm giving New York. his speech Which now. Which is for the vulnerable populations, senior citizens, people with compromised immune systems, underlying illnesses. Uh, that was very specific. Uh, as I mentioned, named it for my mother Matilda because I went through this with my own siblings, how do we help mom, where do we bring mom. Uh, there was a difference of opinion. The best health professionals put together guidelines that can not only help senior citizens, but also their families who are trying to deal with this. Uh, I know it was helpful to my family, uh, and the question among siblings uh, these laws and guidelines answered. I don't want to mention which sibling, but it turns out that he was wrong. The personal conduct uh, rules and regulations are also very helpful. Uh, I want to thank Dr. Fauci, who is really an extraordinary American and has given me great guidance and help uh, and assistance in putting together these policies. Uh, So I'd like to thank him, and we're doing those. We're working on every level. Every piston is firing. Everything that can be done is being done. Uh, New Yorkers are lucky. We have a very experienced team that's doing this. Uh, This is not their first rodeo. They've been through a number of emergencies on a number of levels, increasing hospital capacity. Uh, We want to get the capacity of 50,000, up to a minimum of 75,000. We told the hospitals we are going to be ending elective surgeries. We are now working with hospitals to reconfigure the space in the hospital to get more beds uh, and to find more staff to uh, manage those beds. We're working on building new beds. We're going to go out and review a number of sites today. I'd like to get a final list to the federal government and the Army Corps of Engineers today. Uh, But we're looking at Javits, SUNY Stony Brook, SUNY Westbury, the Westchester Convention Center, uh, and I'm going to go out and take a look at those sites today or uh, the ones I can get to. That would give us a regional distribution and a real capacity if we can get them up quickly enough. Uh, and then increasing supplies, which is one of the most critical activities. We are literally scouring the globe looking for medical supplies. We've identified 2 million uh, N95 masks, which are the high protection masks. Uh, We have apparel companies that are converting to mask manufacturing companies in the state of New York uh, in all sorts of creative configurations, and I want to thank them. I put out a plea yesterday to ask them for help, and we've been on the phone with all sorts of companies who are... Really doing great work. Uh, we're also exploring the state uh, of New York manufacturing masks uh, ourselves. We are going to send 1 million N95 masks to New York City today. That's been a priority for New York City, and uh, 1 million masks uh, won't get us through the crisis, but it'll make a significant uh, significant contribution to, to New York City's mask issue. Uh, And I want to thank Mayor de Blasio for working in partnership We're sending 500,000 N95 masks to Long Island. Uh, We've been working with County Executive Laura Curran and County Executive Steve Belong, and I want to thank them. We're gathering ventilators. Ventilators are the most important piece of equipment and the uh, piece of equipment that is most scarce. We're gathering them from all different health facilities across the state. Uh, and then we're going to use those in the most critical areas. We also identified 6,000 new ventilators that we can actually purchase, uh, so that's a big deal. The, from the federal government's point of view, I've spoken to the president a number of times. I have spoke to the vice president a number of times. They've issued a uh, federal disaster declaration, which is a technical act by the federal government. But what it basically does is it allows uh, the Federal Emergency Management Agency, called FEMA, to step in and assist financially. Uh, by that declaration, FEMA would pay 75% of the cost of a disaster. New York City would pay 25. New York State would pay 25% of the cost. The federal government can waive the 25 percent of the cost. I'm asking them to waive that 25 percent in this situation. Uh, I've worked on many disasters. FEMA has waived the 25 percent. If there's any situation where FEMA should waive the 25 percent, this is the situation. Uh, We're also working with the federal government. We're requesting four field hospitals at uh, 250 capacity each. That would give us 1,000 field hospital beds. We're going to be looking at Javits as a location for those field hospitals. We're also requesting four Army Corps of Engineers, temporary hospitals. Those are the sites I mentioned earlier that I'm going to take a look at. Uh, the SUNY Stony Brook, Westbury, Westchester Convention Center, and also Javits. Javits is so big that it can take the four field hospitals and an Army Corps of Engineers temporary hospital. Uh, We're also requesting assistance with medical supplies, which has been a very big topic uh, of conversation all across the country. And we're also asking our federal congressional delegation to uh, fix a law that was passed on the coronavirus federal aid. uh, Because of a technical issue, the way the bill was written, New York State does not qualify for aid. That's over $6 billion. That is a lot of money. And uh, we need the federal delegation uh, to fix that bill. Otherwise, New York State gets nothing. New York State has more coronavirus cases than any state in the United States of America, that we should not be included in the bill, obviously makes no sense. Uh, We're also going to uh, conduct immediately trials for the new drug therapy, which uh, we have been discussing. I spoke to Dr. Zucker about it. There is a theory that the drug treatment could be helpful. We have people who are in serious condition Uh, And Dr. Zucker feels uh, comfortable and as well as a a number of other health professionals that in a situation where a person is in dire circumstance, try what you can. The FDA is going to accelerate to New York 10,000 doses. As soon as we get those doses, we'll work with hospitals, doctors, and families uh, on uh, using those drugs and seeing where we get. Um, The president, I spoke to, he spoke to this drug therapy in his press conference yesterday. I spoke to him afterwards. I said that New York would be interested. Again, we have the most number of cases, uh, and health professionals have all uh, recommended to me that we try it, so we will try it. We're also working on a a number of other drug therapies an antibody therapy, uh, possible vaccines. We have a company here in New York called Regeneron that is uh, really showing some promising results. I've exempted them from the uh, no work order because uh, they could possibly have uh, a really significant achievement for us. The new numbers, the more tests you take, the more positives you find. And I, I, I give this caution because I think people misinterpret the number of new cases. They take that number of new cases as if it is reflective of the number of new cases, the spread. It is not. The number of new cases is only reflective of the number of cases you are taking, right? where our goal is to find the positive cases. Because if we find a positive case, we can isolate that person and that stops the spread. So we're actually looking for positives. The more tests you take, the more positives you will find. We are taking more tests in New York than any place else. We're taking more tests per capita than China, or South Korea. We're also taking more tests than any state in the United States of America. That is actually a great accomplishment, because if you remember back two weeks, which seems like a lifetime now, the whole question was coming up to scale on tests. Uh, How do we get the number of tests up, and how do we get it up quickly? I spoke to the president and the vice president, and I said, decentralize the testing and let the states do it. I have 200 labs. I can mobilize quickly. Let us do the tests. They agreed. We're doing more tests than any state. So, for example, we've done 45,000 tests. California has done 23,000. Washington has done 23,000. So you see how many more tests we are doing. And again, uh, I credit the team that's working here because this is exactly what the mandate was perform as many tests as quickly as you can. And that's the drive through number, the drive throughs we put in place, the hospital management, et cetera. So our numbers should be higher. Uh, And they are. Total number of positive cases now is up to 10,000. Number of new cases has increased by 3,000. Just go back in case you can't read as fast as I can't read. 6,000 in New York City, 1,300 in Westchester, 1,200 in Nassau. You see the Westchester number is slowing. We did a new Rochelle containment area. Uh, the numbers would suggest that that has been helpful. Uh, so I feel good about that. You see Nassau increasing. You see Suffolk increasing. So that's just the, the widespread increase that we have been anticipating. But our hotspot of Westchester is now slowing, uh, and that's very good news. New York City, it is the most dense environment. This virus spreads in density, right? Uh, And uh, that's what you're seeing in New York City. New York City obviously has many more people uh, than any other uh, specific location in the state. Number of counties are increasing. You see the blue. I said to you early on that blue is going to take over the whole state, just the way every state in the United States has now been covered. Uh, Most impacted states, you look at the number in cases in New York is 10,000. Washington, California, 1,000 each. Does that mean we have 10 times the number of cases as California or Westchester? Uh, Or does that mean we're doing more tests than California or Westchester? The truth is somewhere in the middle, and nobody can tell you. Uh, Total number of people tested, we're up to 45,000 number of new tests. This is a rate that we watch. What is the rate of hospitalization? Again, because this is all about hospital capacity, right? 1,600 out of 10,000, that's roughly 15% of the cases. It's been running about 14, 15. It's gone as high as 20%, 21%. So actually 15% rate of hospitalization is uh, not a bad number, it's actually down from where it was. The more refined the number is of those who are hospitalized, how many require uh, the ventilators, because the ventilators are the piece of equipment that is most scarce. Uh, that's the next refinement of these numbers that we have to do. And again, the context on the numbers is important. Uh, we're talking 10,000, et cetera, you look at any World Health Organization or the NIH or whatever any of the other countries are saying, you have to expect that at the end of the day, 40% to 80% of the population is going to be infected. So the only question is, how fast is the rate to that 40% to 80%? And can you slow that rate So your hospital system can deal with it. That is all we're talking about here. If you look at the 40 to 80 percent, that means between 7.8 million and 15 million New Yorkers will be affected at the end of the day. We're just trying to postpone the end of the day so uh, we can deal with the capacity. Again, perspective, Johns Hopkins Uh, This is not a science fiction movie. You don't have to wait to the end of the movie to find out what happens. Johns Hopkins uh, has studied every case since it started, 284,000, 11,000 deaths, uh, almost 90,000 recoveries, 183,000 still pending, which tracks everything we know in the state of New York. Our first case, first case, healthcare worker, 39-year-old female who was in Iran, Uh, she went home, she never went to a hospital, she recovered, she's now negative. You get sick, you get symptoms, you recover. That is true for the overwhelming number of people. Again, context, people who died in the flu, from the flu, in 2018-2019, 34,000 Americans, 34,000. So when you hear these numbers of deaths, keep it in perspective. 34,000 people died of the flu. Over 65, 74% of the people were over 65. 25% were under 65. So if you have an underlying illness, you catch the flu... You can die, more likely, if you have an underlying illness, senior citizens, etc. But not necessarily. You have 25% under 65 years old die from the flu. Uh, Also, in terms of context perspective, don't listen to rumors. I mean, you have such wild rumors out there, and people call me with the craziest theories Uh, Just, I understand there's anxiety and stress, but uh, let's remember some basic context and facts. Society functions. Everything works. There's going to be food in the grocery stores. There's no reason to buy 100 rolls of toilet paper. There really isn't. And by the way, where do you even put 100 rolls of toilet paper? The transportation system functions, the pharmacy system functions. These things are all going to work. Non-essential workers stay home, but the essential workers are staying home, especially the healthcare workers. There is not gonna be any roadblock when you wake up in the morning that says you can't leave this place or you can't leave that place, right? So if you have a real question, because you think there's a real concern from a credible source, uh, contact my team. We have a special website, coronavirus.health.ny.gov, and ask the question, and you will get a real, truthful, factual response. I I have not hidden anything from the people of this state. I have not uh, uh, tilted facts. Franklin Delano Roosevelt, uh, the American people deserve the truth. They can handle the truth. Give them the truth. When they don't get the truth, and if you don't get the facts, that's when people should get anxious. If I think I'm being deceived or there's something you're not telling me, uh, or you're shading the truth, now I'm anxious. Everything I know, I've told you, and I will continue to tell you, and these are facts. And you hear a rumor, and you want to check it out, go to that website. These are people who work for me directly, and you will have the truth. We do have an issue with younger people who are not complying, and I mentioned this before, but it's, it has not gotten better. You know, you can have your own opinion. You cannot have your own facts, okay? You want to have an opinion? Have an opinion. But you can't have your own facts. Well, young people don't get this disease. You are wrong. That is not a fact. 18 to 49 years old are 54% of the cases in New York State. 54%. 18 to 49 years old. So you're not Superman and you're not Superwoman. You can get this virus and you can transfer the virus and you can wind up hurting someone who you love or hurting someone wholly uh, inadvertently. Social distancing Works, and you need social distancing everywhere. There's a significant amount of noncompliance, especially in New York City, especially in the parks. I'm going to go down there today. I want to see what the situation is myself. But it has to be stopped, because you are endangering people. And if it's because of misinformation, uh, if it's because of noncompliance... I don't care, frankly. This is a public health issue, and you cannot endanger other people's health. You shouldn't be endangering your own, but you certainly have no right to endanger someone else's. You've been listening to Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, giving a press briefing uh, earlier today outlining strategy and and continued containment efforts. And we will continue to update you with the coronavirus update stats coming up at 6 p.m. this evening. And until then, thanks for checking in frequently with these uh, coronavirus updates with Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, earlier today.